Hey everybody, welcome back to Free Indeed. I hope you're doing good. hope your faith is strong right now. And I pray this message finds you well. And if it doesn't, I pray that by the end of this you're encouraged and that you can have some fire lit under you and get excited about the Lord, get excited about uh, the truths in the Word. And a lot of times it's easy for us Christians to just get so used to the truths that we hear Sunday in, Sunday out, or we read our Bibles and we're like, oh, that's nice, you know. But if you really stop to think about it, you know, it's kind of like a sandwich. You you can kind of lose the individual flavors of each ingredient, you know, in the whole sandwich. And it all comes together to make a nice flavor. But, uh, you know, if you took a minute to just really savor a tomato and just think about it, get all the flavor or, or a piece of cheese uh, or, or a nice bite of meat, and all the nice flavors that comes from uh, some meat or some nice toasted buttered bread and just really savor that. And, you know, individually, those are amazing. And sometimes, you know, you, you could probably have a, a meal that's more simple and less ingredients, but it's more savory. Think about it. Would you rather have a sandwich or would you rather have a nice steak cooked to your perfection the way you like it and a baked potato with butter and cheese and sour cream or whatever else you like on it? and a nice salad for after dinner, you know, all those things that are simpler ingredients, but done well individually, each of those things, in my opinion, is more savory than, you know, just like a run of the mill sandwich. Now that's assuming everyone out there likes steak like I do, <laughs> but my point is that may not be the best illustration, but I think you get my point that there's truths and there's things in the Bible that we gloss over sometimes because we've heard it so much or it sounds so grandiose that we're like, well, that's amazing. But, you know, there's nothing in my life that reflects that. Really, I don't feel like a son of God. Like, wouldn't a son of God be flying around like Superman and doing all kinds of wonderful things? Well, not necessarily. I mean, obviously, you know, I've yet to see any brothers or sisters in the Lord just take off and, you know, forget about having to drive a car. <laughs> But anyway, my thing is today I want to focus on some things of the word and just encourage you and know that, you know, you may not always feel amazing, but like I've shared before, you know, our, our walk with the Lord, there's no promise that we're always going to be feeling amazing. You know, he, he promised that we there was going to be trouble. The world was going to reject us. The world's going to hate us. There's going to be problems. We fight against principalities and evil spirits that rule in certain geographical locations in the earth. And I'm, I'm about to read some verses that backs that up uh, where he talks about it here in Ephesians 6. And this is the chapter. This is the battle chapter, if, if you want to think of it that way. And Paul also talks about fighting the good fight of faith. I thought about that today. I was running some errands today. And I thought about it because there's some things I'm fighting a sinus infection actually right now. And I had to break down and go see a doctor actually. And there's no shame or condemnation. You know, if, if you're a believer and you want to, you know, see God's power come through on every front and just always be living on the supernatural, that's a great goal. And that's mine too. But, you know, there are moments where for whatever reason, if we're not getting it through the faith and you're in a situation where you, you need some relief, you know, you need it or else you're going to get worse. It's okay. Don't condemn yourself for having to go to the doctor or take medicine or medication. And like I said on one of the previous episodes, if you're persevering through a trial and it's been going on for a while, whether it's like me 
fighting it off for about a month, for about four weeks, or if it's some lifelong thing that you're believing one day, you're going to be able to keep on believing, keep on fighting the good fight. Paul talked about a good fight of faith, and it is a fight. And there's some things in this life, in the Christian realm, you have to fight for it. That's an uncomfortable truth. I realize that, and it's not fun. It's not pretty. But we're we're in a realm that, yes, it, it God is God. He's God over everything. But we know right now, like the Bible says, the prince of this world, the ruler of this world has darkened the eyes and the minds, you know, of people that follow him. And so there, right? Yes, God is God almighty and no one will ever be able to take that away from him. But we live in a fallen world that right now lays under the sway of the per, the enemy of our souls. The one who would love nothing more than to see us all just wiped out, uh, destroying our faith and, and taking our physical lives even. And we see that in the word. We know what persecution is, but just sometimes it, it really helps us to wake up and realize and sober up and and realize that, you know, this life is not a cakewalk. This is this is a life fight. This is a lifelong fight. As long as you're breathing physical air here in this realm and you're a believer in Christ and you belong to God and you're waiting for the, the blessing of an, obtaining your inheritance one day in heaven. Well, on this side, it's a fight. Heaven is when we can finally breathe and relax and there's no more fight. But while we're here, we have to fight for the things that God has, has promised and made available to us. And if you're like me, there's times where I know why well, I have to fight for it if God's already provided it and made it available. That's a really great question. I don't have all the answers on that one. Uh, I think right now with what I understand, it's because the enemy does fight us and he's actively trying to steal what belongs to us. Think of it like a camp. You're at a campground and you're with your squad, your platoon, or your 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 army you're with of the kingdom of heaven, and there is enemies crouching in the woods and spying you out, trying to steal from you when you're not looking, <clears throat> trying to rob you, trying to kill you, or trying to destroy your camp, tear down your tents, put your fire out, steal your stuff, steal your weapons, and so we have to be diligent. Uh, I'm not saying, and of course, there's times of relaxation and rest in the Lord. I'm not talking about that. There's a whole different topic about resting in the Lord. But when it comes to really obtaining a, a maybe a supernatural healing, you're believing, believing God to deliver you from a certain type of sickness or something like that, or, or some other kind of miracle. When the Bible says that the enemy prowls around like an enemy seeking who he can devour, and also that he doesn't do anything but steal, kill, and destroy, and that he's the father, he's a liar and the father of all lies. It really paints a picture when you put it in perspective. You know, why would Jesus give us those warnings if there wasn't the possibility of experiencing the effect of that, the reality of that? You know, and no, I don't believe that as a believer, you're just 100% as susceptible to whatever the enemy wants to do as like a non-believer would or something like that. I do believe we have an advantage because we have greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. And every name will bow to the name of Jesus one day. And even right now, as the church, we have the power, the authority, the light, the life of Jesus Christ in us. And in the meantime, we're blazing trails right now. And any demon that gets on our way, he has to submit to the name of Jesus. He doesn't submit to us because we're perfect and great and living 100% perfect. He submits to the name of Jesus. The sickness submits to the name of Jesus. The situation submits to the name of Jesus. And I think what we got to do is just get fired up and tell the situation what it needs to look like. And, and not just take everything laying down, not just take everything the way it was given to us and not just believe every little negative report the way it was given to you. Too many times I think, well, well, this is it. You know, it's my situation. I don't like it. And I'm not making fun of anybody. I mean, I've been there 
And I think the Lord just really kind of stoked me up recently about really pushing back, fighting back and not just letting situations or the world or circumstances or the devil or sickness tell me how my life is going to be because Jesus has already written my story. He's our, he's my author, not this sickness. He's my author, not my job. He's my author. Uh, no one else is. The devil's not. Circumstances aren't. Sickness isn't. Nothing else is my author but Jesus Christ. And if you're a believer, there's no one else that is your author either but Jesus Christ. And who, who are you going to let write your story? Are you going to let the Lord write your story? Or are you going to let your circumstances write your story? It's okay to get mad at the devil. The Bible even talks about not letting the sun go down on your wrath. And I don't believe that means uh, it's okay to be angry as long as the sun is up. But if, if it's nighttime, hurry up and get rid of all your anger. Uh, I think that's been a little... I think there's better ways to teach that part. I think it means, uh, like Andrew Womack teaches, to get angry at the devil and don't let the sun go down. Meaning, like the sun go, going down, it, it represents the end of something, the end of a day, right? Well, he, it, when the Bible says don't let it go down on your wrath, like stay angry at the devil. I'm not saying you have to go around like a hot head and you have a bad attitude. No, I'm talking about anytime the subject of the enemy comes up, you get you get angry at the devil. Anytime you think he's messing with you or poking around your camp, you get angry at him and you come against him with the word and the spirit, pray in the spirit, pray in tongues and quote scripture and stand your ground. Even if it's one, one good solid scripture that, that is, you know, don't try to make a, a scripture sandwich and da, 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 you know, and throw all these scriptures out there. Cause sometimes, you know, we can't remember everything and we'll get it kind of mixed up. Find one, two, maybe three really good verses that maybe speak to what you're dealing with. Even if the, the Bible just has one passage or one story that deals with the situation that is applicable to you, find it and stand on it and, and stand on that through your situation and don't let go. And you stick to what, you know, the Bible promises you. And if there's a character in the Bible that got a certain outcome from Jesus and his grace, how much more now under the new covenant do you have better promises? The Bible says that this covenant is established on better promises and that the blood of Jesus speaks better things for you and me than the blood of uh, Cain and Cain, uh, I'm sorry, Abel, and, and better things than the blood of bulls and goats. Bulls and goats couldn't take away your sin, but the blood of Jesus uh, in, in Isaiah 44, 22, when he says, I wiped your sin out, the Hebrew word there is more accurately uh, translated as obliterate. Obliteration is like... That and annihilation, I think, are synonymous in the most powerful English words that I can think of in my vocabulary that denotes utter destruction. It, is, it does not exist anymore. And the only thing the devil ever had on you was your sin. Amen? And the cross of Christ and his resurrection obliterated your sin and your shame and your guilt and the, any condemnation that was due you. So now you can approach the enemy say, you got nothing on me. I don't care what you bring to my memory. I don't care. I'm forgiven. Thanks for reminding me of what I'm forgiven of, fool. Thanks for reminding me how much I can be forgiven, that I could do even that. I could go even that far and I would still be forgiven. So it, it, anytime he tries to beat that old drum of, oh yeah, but it was really bad. Oh yeah, your past was so nasty. <laughs> I'm forgiven anyway. Jesus obliterated all that anyway. And he said he wouldn't remember my sins, but threw them into the sea of forgetfulness. The enemy really has no legitimate weapons. And even if it seems like he does have something against you, Isaiah 54, 17, no weapon that's formed against you will prosper. And any tongue that rises against you in judgment, especially the devil or some demon trying to remind you what you did last week or whatever last year, uh, just know that uh, the Bible says that your righteousness 
is an inheritance from the Lord. He gave you his, his righteousness. It's like a father passing down a, a birthright and a blessing in the family sword or the family heirloom to the son. It's like that. You've been bestowed the same kind of honor, righteousness, and everything. And so when the enemy tries to throw things against you, you say, no, I've inherited the highest level of righteousness and standing before God because he gave me his righteousness himself. And Isaiah 54 verse 17 talks about that. And any tongue that rises against you in judgment says, you shall condemn. So if the devil tries to say, oh, you're not worthy, you never had enough faith before, how are you going to get it this time? You say, shut up, devil, I condemn you in Jesus' name. And this weapon of accusation is not going to work against me. Amen. And you just got to stand your ground. There's times where in, in the Bible that, you know, like I shared on a previous episode, it is by faith and perseverance and patience that they obtained the promises. So sometimes... You know, not every battle is won in a day. Rome wasn't conquered in a day, the old saying goes. Sometimes, and I don't like it. I'm just being honest with you. I don't like it. I wish I could just say one prayer, da-da-da, in the name of Jesus, amen, and boom. I wish every time it was that easy, but it's not, and we all know that. And sometimes we just, it's like, do you really want this? And it's not that God is holding it from you, but the reality of it is, and I'm kind of waking up to it myself and realizing more as I go along, it really is a fight. It really is something you got to dig in and you got to, you got to get angry at the enemy and you got to want it more than he wants to steal it from you. And you got to make a believer out of him that you're going to defend the things that God gave you, whether it's supernatural health, walking in health and not having any health problems, whether it's your vision, you're believing for 2020 vision and you're still having to rely on, you know, glasses or, or contacts. And, you know, if you're, if you're believing for something like that, to every day, don't let go. Don't don't give up on it. Don't let the enemy steal that from you. And if it's something you've been praying about and seeking the Lord for healing so you can have good vision, which I believe every physical sense and function of the body is a gift of God and anything less than that, the enemy has somehow tainted it. Even if you were born with it, it doesn't matter. The enemy doesn't wait for you to get go through Bible college before he's going to launch an attack and, okay, we're going to play by the rules. No, he doesn't. There is no rules. There's no rules of engagement when you're going against the enemy. He is a punk. He'll attack you. And even from the womb, he will he will set things against people's lives. And I've heard testimonies about it, how people have been born with all kinds of things, the spiritual and in the natural. And you're thinking, man, you dang devil, you really are a punk. Anyway, so you got to get angry. You got to go for it. And like I said, there's no rules of engagement against the enemy. He's not playing fair. You don't have to play fair either. You can, you can play dirty. And by that, I mean... Anything the Lord gives you as faith, you know, Smith Wigglesworth was a really good example of that. And think what you will about him, say what you will. You know, there's no, there's no perfect vessel. God has never had anybody qualified working for him yet. And you're not going to be the first one. <laughs> I'm not the first one. Nobody has been uh, worthy enough to, on their own, to, re, to deserve God using them. It's all by grace. It's all by grace that we receive anything from the Lord. It's by grace we receive each new day. He gives us another day, another opportunity to live for Him, to have fellowship and relationship with Him. So just know, uh, like Smith Wigglesworth, if God gave you a word of faith, and you're just you're gonna punch that thing, even you know. And, and Andrew does a little bit of a teaching about even using your physical body as a, as a weapon of faith against the enemy. And I'm not gonna go too deep into that right now. I'm not telling you just go out and start hitting people or anything like that. <laughs> But it, whatever God tells you to do, 
And when, the reason I'm bringing this up when I say you don't have to play by the rules, if God gives you a, a word and it's a little different, it's a little unusual, but you know you heard from the Lord to do it, just do it. Follow through with it. Uh, be obedient and and let God use that method. for he, th- Here's the thing. <clears throat> God is not married to a method. It's not always just one, two, three, you know, push the button and amen in Jesus' name and then you're going to get your result. It, it's not... It's not like that. That would produce, uh, it, it would just become to the point where we could all be a little too lazy and lose that sense of sincerity of pursuing God. And I'm not saying that he deliberately makes it hard or anything. Of course not. That Jesus paid the ultimate price. So, because healing is easy. Healing should be easy. Receiving from the Lord should be easy. And I'm thinking the same thing right now. Well, why isn't it? Why, why is it so hard? Why do I have to fight for it? Well, Jesus did the hard part. It's way harder to die on the cross, spend three days in the tomb, preaching to spirits in prison in the spirit realm, and then raise from the dead the third day than it is to just say, hey, Lord, you know, uh, please bring healing or in sick- sickness, I rebuke you in Jesus name. That's way easier to just have to say a prayer <laughs> and faith it out than it is to have to do what Jesus did for us. You know, he his love brought him to this world for us. But it was, you know, it cost him everything to give us this opportunity. This, the thing is, is that, and I think that's the Lord speaking. It, it's an opportunity. We can, we have the opportunity every day to keep dealing with whatever the enemy has given us, or we have the opportunity to look in the Word and find a promise for us to stand on, and go for it, and believe it. See, he, <clears throat> he provided things, and he provided a grand door. A grand open door of opportunity. You have the opportunity and the right to be healed as a Christian. You have the opportunity and the right to prosper. You have the right and the opportunity to be healed, to, to pray for someone else and see them be healed. Every every single situation that comes against you and doesn't line up with the Word of God is just another opportunity for you to say, okay, well, here's another open door that I didn't open that needs to be shut. You know, or here's a closed door. I need this door open. Let that fresh wind to heaven open. Some some thief closed this door. I'm going to open it back up. Well, to open a door, you got to put your hand on the knob. You got to turn it. You got to open the door. And I think a lot of times, <clears throat> excuse me, a lot of times we get discouraged that we just have to open a door. That we just have to, by faith, you know, open that door. Put our hand on the knob, twist it, and pull the door open. And I know that I'm, I'm using, I'm paraphrasing a whole lot, but... I've been there, and even recently, I, I, it's like I'm tired of having to rebuke, uh, you know, a sinus infection. <laughs> tired of rebuking the pressure and this and that, and it, just, it gets old. It gets annoying. Uh, you get tired of it. And but that's that's how any warrior or soldier in a war is going to feel, right? It's war's not pretty. They don't have fun. They're not skipping out there. No, you're running, d- diving in the foxhole. You're shooting. I'm, there's st- stress and tension and pressure. There's adrenaline pumping. There's fear. There's, you know, it, it is not a pretty picture. But winning is all worth it, right? It's worth the win. So uh, maybe maybe let that be, if, if you want to kind of summarize, maybe the essence of this message today is the win is worth it. The win is worth whatever effort you spend to get over. Imagine if you had a cancer, and if you do have one listening out there, I pray in Jesus' name that you're healed. I stand in faith and agreement with you. And like the word says, any any two people touching a certain thing in agreement, it shall be done for them. 
So I stand with you if you're believing for healing from cancer today, from from ocular cancer or some sort of thyroid cancer. I stand in agreement with your prayers to be healed, and we curse that cancer in Jesus' name. And we just loose the, the power of God for healing right now over your body in Jesus' name. And devil, get out. Leave their bodies in Jesus' name. Amen. And it, as many times as you want to play that, or just remember, I'm standing in faith and agreement with you. And it doesn't have to be cancer either. Whatever, anyone out there listening and believing for healing over something, just know I'm standing in agreement with you, okay? All right. Well, let's get to today's verse, Ephesians 6. I'm not going to start at the beginning. I'm going to start... I'm going to start at uh, verse 7. Rendering service with the goodwill as to the Lord and not to men. This is talking about, and you can start at the beginning if you want. It's talking about like be sincere about your work uh, with others. Knowing that whatever good anyone does, this he will receive back from the Lord. So right here it's saying when you do something good, God sees and he's going to reward you for living good, for doing right. Whether he's a bond servant or free. Meaning no matter your, your position in life, if you're doing good, doing the right things, God sees and he will repay you. Masters or bosses or supervisors, do the same to them and stop your threatening, knowing that he who is both their master and yours is in heaven and that there is no partiality with him, meaning your title does not protect you from God's justice. So I'll let that lay the way it is and you take it for what you want. But God sees you. If you're a supervisor out there, a boss, uh, just know um, this is not a scare tactic or anything, but just know God sees and, and your title does it. God can demote you. God can move you out and bring someone in that's going to do a better job. Just because you climbed up a little higher doesn't, don't get a big head about you. Don't think that, oh, no, I can do whatever I want because now I'm the big boss. Nope. Even if you're the CEO of something, God, God doesn't have to keep blessing you in that area. God doesn't have to keep on, uh, you know, it, that you're, if you're not faithful with what God gives you, like the word says, even what you do have will be taken away if you're not going to be faithful with it. So, and it's not ungrace. It's just, God, God doesn't play games. He's not going to keep on blessing you and stuff. Now, there is grace, and he gives people a long time to repent. He really does. There is so much grace, but, but God's also fair and just. And I think I don't want us to lose that perspective just because of a revelation of grace. Now, of course, the minute you have a mind to repent, ask God uh, to, to be merciful to you and give you another chance, he will, you know? And so anyway, but just so you know, just remember, uh, even, even for Christian businesses out there, know your place. And just because you do have a position of a little bit of authority and responsibility, God still sees what you're doing. He still sees the attentions of your heart. You may, you may hold sway over people and you may convince them and have them fooled, or you, you may, uh, you may enjoy in the natural kind of flexing your stuff a little bit because now you're the supervisor, but just, you know, you have no flex when it comes to God. You, you're you're as loose as a rubber band, uh, you know, on a hot day before God's presence. And uh, if you're honoring Him, great. If not, well, then we'll just see what happens. Anyway, verse ten. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. So here in this verse, you know, why would it say that if you don't have a fight? And armor is meant to protect you and give you the opportunity to advance with your attack, right? Armor isn't meant just for you to keep on taking attacks. It's to provide you the opportunity to move forward and place an attack against the enemy and land a successful attack. 
and get the advantage and win the fight. That's what armor is for. Uh, it's, it's not just a defense to protect you, it's to advance you. Put on the whole armor, God, that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Now, that's earlier I mentioned how we fight against the, the ruling powers of geographical areas in the, in the earth and in heaven. And by heaven, I mean what we call space, you know, the second heaven uh, where it's been, you know, purported and stuff. And there's all kinds of testimonies out there where people have had out-of-body experiences and experienced demonic and angelic encounters in that space that we call space. But, um, you know, that's the second heaven where a lot of spiritual activity goes on. A lot of spiritual stuff goes down. And Paul is saying that's where we do war. And I don't know about you, but I've had dreams about, you know, uh, things being out in space and stuff like that. And fighting out in space. And so, I know it sounds kind of funny, but it lines up with scripture to me. That's how I see it. Anyway, so the next time you have a dream that you're out in space, just remember, hey, am I on a mission for God? Maybe. Anyway, so we wrestle against the authorities of cosmic powers over this present darkness and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God again that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand, stand firm. Stand, therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and as your shoes for your feet, uh, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. Or I like to just say the shoes of, of the gospel of peace. And in all circumstances, take up the shield of faith, where which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. So that really denotes to me, it's, it speaks of there's actively this enemy shooting fiery darts at you in the spiritual realm. If you ever have a nasty perverted thought or something just come out of nowhere, that's a fiery dart. If you have just some strange pain hit you suddenly out of nowhere and normally there's nothing wrong with you, that's a fiery dart. Put it out with the, your faith. And the shield of faith it's not just you know some magical thing just you lift your arm up and pretend. I mean, if you need to have a, a visual or kind of have a physical motion to go through faith, whatever gets your faith working, there's no condemnation. Whatever gets your faith working. But just know that the the shield of faith is is believing in God's word and saying, No, pain, I rebuke you in Jesus' name. You you know, you foul devil, get these dirty thoughts out, I rebuke you in Jesus' name, be gone. And start think deliberately thinking about something else. Even if you're at the grocery store, just start thinking about the heads of lettuce there or the bell peppers are on sale, whatever, and focus on something normal, wholesome that has nothing to do with that, and just get your mind somewhere else. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And again, the, the helmet of salvation protecting your thoughts, having having holy thoughts, and that's a gift of God. And the sword of the spirit, what do you do with this? A sword is meant to attack and draw some blood. So sometimes you got to attack in the spirit. Too. you got to attack the enemy. you got to go plunder one of his camps. Don't always wait for him to bring the fight to you. You bring the fight to him. If there's something you need or you want, hey, I'm, I'm blazing a path and whatever you know demon camp gets in my way, it's, it's going to have to suffer the consequences. It's getting out of my way. Amen. And just know... You have that right by God. You don't have to sit around, oh, Lord, dearie, please, I hope it gets better. I want tomorrow to be nicer and easier for me. And I'm not making fun of anybody. I've been there, and I'm just telling you, 
it, the longer you decide to have that mentality and stay there, you're going to stay there another day and another day and another day. You're going to have to get that fire under you. You're going to have to finally get mad at the devil and you have permission from God. Don't let the sun go down on your wrath to not sin in your anger, but to be angry at the enemy. Take up the armor of God, take up the sword of the spirit and lop some heads. Go bring the fight to the enemy. Amen. Praying at all times in the spirit. And that's speaking in tongues. For anybody that doesn't like it, take it up with God. With all prayer and supplication. Oh, and by the way, because praying in the Spirit is different from just saying a prayer. There's a few times the Bible talks about praying in the Spirit. That is different than just saying a prayer. Saying a prayer is not necessarily praying in the Spirit. You can pray for something, and it is a spiritual thing to pray. But praying in the Spirit denotes... Specifically, something different from a regular prayer. Okay? Anyway, it's not that hard. Praying in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. So, you know, in your prayers, remember, at the end of each prayer, Lord, I pray for my brothers and sisters right now. Anybody out there believing for something, I stand by faith. And agree. I don't have to know... All the, just like I prayed for you earlier, stood in faith with you. I don't have to know exactly what you're going through, but just know here's one other brother's faith being tied with yours, and a, th- a, a cord of three strands is not easily broken. Me, you, and the Holy Spirit of God agreeing on something, and, and it's going to get done. Amen? And just, just believe it. Also for me, Paul says, that my words may be given to me in the opening of my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel. So I appreciate prayers, even if... Uh, even if the only thing you ever do is just pray for me, I covet prayers. Thank you. Please continue to lift me up in, in this uh, podcast ministry. Uh, in your words of prayer, that God will give me the right words to speak at the right time for each episode uh, to impart grace and to unfold the mysteries of the gospel. And we all have that call as Christians. If you wanted to start a podcast, I pray the same for you, that God would help you unfold the mysteries. of He'll give you revelation. That's what a revelation is. God unfolds another fold of the awesome mysteries of this gospel. We have this earth, uh, heavenly treasure in earthen vessels. The, the the Bible says Paul talks about having this treasure in earthen vessels and the mystery of Christ in us. It, there's a, it's, it is a mystery. Like how can God Almighty live in me? How can God Almighty put His Spirit in me? How can I, by the Spirit and by this thing called faith, what is that? Do these miraculous things and see supernatural things? What is all, what is, even is all this? You know, it's a mystery to the natural. But that's why we got to have faith, believe, and the further we go along and the longer your tenure gets in the Lord and in the way of, you know, you start to experience some things, you start to understand some things, you start to get some prayers answered. God maybe speaks to you prophetically in a dream. He maybe quickens something to your mind and you just immediately know something, you know, that's, that's another revelation, another mystery being unfolded to you. That's awesome. And he, I'm going to finish out the chapter. For which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. It's okay to be bold in your faith. It's okay to be bold and, and come against the enemy with boldness. Don't a fight. You're not going to you're not going to approach an enemy with limp wrists and okay, let's let's dance a little bit. <laughs> you're gonna, you know, I mean, if when you're really fighting, I, you know, for anybody out there that's ever been in a fight, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, it's it's for real. <laughs> Yeah, and if you want to win, you're going to get serious about it and apply that to the spiritual. If you really are wanting to see this thing through, do not give up. 
And it's okay to take, you know, when the, you hear the bell and take a break and for God to refresh you. And then maybe the next day you come at it again and you don't give up. And every day, you know, and I know it's, a, I know it, it may sound like a lot of effort, but really, again, the win is worth it. So that you may also know how I am and what I'm doing. Tychicus, the beloved brother and faithful minister and the Lord will tell you everything. I have sent him to you for this very purpose, that you may know how we are and that we may encourage your hearts. I hope today you've been encouraged. Peace be to the brothers in love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace be with all who love our Lord Jesus Christ with love incorruptible. Amen. So I pray today you've been encouraged by this. I hope this has stoked your fire a little bit. And if if you're already there, great. Get even more stoked. Pray for me. Stand with me in faith. Uh, I'm believing for, for better health in general. I'm believing to... Uh, never have a sinus infection again. I'm believing to uh, just beat these allergies every year, seasonal allergies. And some people may say, ah, oh, it's not a big deal. Just take some meds. What if we didn't have meds? I, I'll tell you, I would have been up the creek a long time ago. <laughs> and so I'm I'm at a point right now in this season, I'm really getting serious about I, If I had nothing else to rely on but faith in God, would I make it? And I want to know that I have the faith and the walk with God that I would make it. And that I that it get to the point... And it is, it is a high bar, but for it's like, I just really don't need the medicine. And it's not a thing of arrogance. It's a thing. It's a God promise. They're super, by his stripes, we are healed. Amen. And how much are we really trusting in that versus, oh, it's okay. I can always rely on the drugstore and I'm not condemning anybody. I know I've been there. I've had to be on, on meds before. And right, like right now I got some antibiotics and I thank God he works through doctors and medicine. I'm not against the medical field in general or anything like that. And so I think if you're a doctor out there, thank you. If you're a pharmacist or <laughs> uh, whoever, you know, develops new and better medicine, thank you. And, you know, and to uh, just so you know, it's okay. Get your healing however you need it. But let's all take the fight to the enemy. Let's start working on our faith. Let's put our armor on our swords. Let's not just settle for the enemy taken from us and us having to rely on earthly things all the time for everything. Let's start believing for some supernatural healing, supernatural health, walking in health, uh, believing more that when I pray for somebody else and lay my hands, they're going to be healed then, or at least the healing process is going to start then. How many, of you know, sometimes the healing process is just that as a process. And there's been so many, you know, sometimes the, the more intense and more awesome, the miracle, there's a little bit of a waiting time. I've heard stories, even from ministers recently, I've gone back and listened to some of those really good glory meetings where, you know, some big time miracles were happening. And it was like, oh, you know, sister came in, we prayed for this. And then months later, come back and, hey, this is my sister uh, from the, from the, you know, asylum that we prayed for. And it's like, wow, you know, God does a miracle and saves somebody's mind or, or I've heard the same kind of things for somebody getting physical healing where they pray for somebody that go away sick or they, they stay for the entire revival. <clears throat> and it's not until the next revival that the person comes up and brother so-and-so you remember me? And they're like, no, nah, I've never seen you before. Like, yeah, I'm that, I'm that crippled person that they brought in on the stretcher. I just wanted to thank you for praying. And it's like, Oh my God, this is awesome. You know? And so don't be discouraged like me sometimes where I, I want it so bad. If I don't see the immediate results, it can be a little discouraging. Just stay strong, stay in the faith and just know you planted that seed. And if nothing else at the moment, if it still feels gross and it still, everything feels the same, just know I'm planting seeds, devil. You just wait when these things take root and spring up. You're going to have a hard time getting rid of these 
I'll say weeds of faith, because, you know, weeds are just a resilient plant that will not go away unless you uproot it. And our faith should be like that. Have have weed faith <laughs> that you're going to have stubborn faith that no matter how many times the devil takes a weed whacker to you, you're going to sprout back up and sprout back up and sprout back up and spread and spread. And you know that when you do that, I mean, like here in Texas, I mean, <laughs> unless you have a professionally manicured yard, it's going to be like 90% weed with a little bit of, you know, patches of grass in there. How many of you know what I'm talking about? You know, but have, have that garden weed type of faith where those roots, as long as they're in the ground, that thing is going to spring up every year. Every time you mow it or weed whack it, it's coming right back and it's going to come back faster than the grass. And if you're like me and you've done yard work and stuff before, you know, that weed is going to come up. It could be, it could be the next day. It could be less than 24 hours and there's already another, you know, little shoot where the weed came back up and, just be determined to have that kind of faith that you're going to go back to the word, go back to the word, pray that scripture again, say, God, you promise this. I want it. I know you're giving it to me. So devil get out of the way. Amen. Well, father, I pray for all the listeners and that you'd encourage them. Lord, I pray that you would just light a fire under their faith. God, help us to stay strong in the faith. Help us to not give up and not give the enemy an easy time, not let him just plunder our goods, steal things, or destroy our camp, or destroy our faith. Lord, help us to stay strong, and get mad at the devil, and take what is rightfully ours, and when we see something in the distance that we need, that by faith we would blaze that trail, clear a path, and wage a good war against the enemy, and take what belongs to us, and take, like that song says, I went to the enemy's camp, and I took back what he stole from me, that we would take back what he stole from us, and more, that we would get compensated with compound things. If we see something we like that wasn't even necessarily ours, but we know the enemy stole it, hey, I'm taking that from you, devil. Lord, help us to have that kind of faith, this, the aggressive faith that says, I'm going to win. No matter what, I'm going to win. So, Lord, I thank you. I pray you seal these words up in our heart and bless you and love you in Jesus' name and pray that you would give strength and encouragement to everybody listening that has listened to this. I pray that you would encourage them, Lord, and lift them up. If they are depressed or sad, I rebuke that in the name of Jesus, and I just command that to come off of them right now. And I just command the peace and the power of the Holy Spirit to, to overshadow them now. And Lord, that you would just begin to change something in them. Even if they don't understand what it is, but they can just feel that change happening of saying, I'm not gonna live like this anymore. I'm not going to just sit down and let the enemy mow me over every time. I'm going to get up and I'm going to be more resilient and strong and I'm going to bring the fight to him. And I'm going to take back what's mine and I'm not going to live like this anymore. I'm not going to live in fear anymore. I'm not going to live discouraged anymore. I'm not going to let minor circumstances just make me fall apart anymore. I'm going to be stronger, healthier, believe more, be more happy, be more joyful in the Lord. Lord, I pray that you would just give us all the strength for that. And we thank you, Lord, it's not by works, it's by your grace. So I pray by your grace you would just impart the, just, just the ability to rise back up as the church and be happy and excited and joyful again looking to you expectantly Father instead of looking to man or looking to the Lord but looking to you as our answer and we love and thank you for it Lord in Jesus name Amen well I hope you guys enjoyed this today remember whatever effort that it takes to get the end result of your faith the win is worth it God bless and remember if the sun has set you free, you are free indeed.